Chapter 21 Bright spotlights shone from the end of the pier. Their beams danced in the night sky and swept across the sea, in time with music. A drumbeat played through huge speakers relayed to crowds on the beach and the prom. Lasers joined the spotlights, forming shapes and patterns in blue and green. James looked out to the sea. The firework boat was out there somewhere. It occurred to him that if the pigeons didn't manage to pull it under the pier, then the Greenhand's gang would have nothing to worry about. There, called Wilf. Did you see that? A boat near the end of the pier. I saw it in the spotlight. I saw something too, Queenie said. They waited for another sweep of the spotlights. Sure enough, a beam flicked down to the sea and it was clear, the dark shape of the boat, and in front of it a flock of birds. The pigeons. They're pulling it under the pier, Will shouted. It's almost under. Come on, starlings, James said. Where are you? He felt something touch his shoulder. Not a hand, but no tail. Claudia bounded after. We've got a problem, she said. The Empress of Six Dials. Her cats are nearly here. We need to stop them from entering. I'll see to that. Zen ran towards the beach, to the fence that protected them. He'll need help, Claudia said. There's lots of cats. James thought for a second. Wilf, Aby, he said. Take your catapult and some super soakers to protect the way onto the groin. Queenie and Fred go with them. Keep the cats out of here. We don't need the catapult here yet, as the boat's too far away. The children grabbed the water pistols, the catapult and a couple of bags of water bombs and hurried to help Zen and the rats. The music was getting louder. The beat had quickened, more lasers and lights were moving in time, all together now, into the climax. Come on, starlings, James said. The fireworks will be starting soon. A squawk sounded. The radio. James, the firework boat is getting closer. Elf's voice came through, sounding worried. I can see it from here. No one else has noticed, but it's being pulled by pigeons. They have a rope. Over. I think you're going to have to get off the pier, he said. It's too dangerous. Another sound joined the music. It came from above. Wings beating. Lots of wings. Starlings, Spencer shouted. They're here. The birds flew over them, rushing out to the sea. Thousands and thousands, black against the stars, like a fast-flowing river of shapes. More joined from either side, merging with the main river. James, can you hear me? Elf's voice. The radio. Yes, he said. They're here, the starlings. I can see them, Elf said. There's so many. What are they doing? Oh my, it's working. The boat has stopped. No, it's moving away. The lasers and lights were pointing straight up now, ready for their final crescendo. The spotlights and lasers in tandem, not much time left. Then he could see it. Just a dark blur to start with, hard to see after the brightness of the display. Can you see that? Ella asked. Yes, and it's getting closer. Get that catapult ready. There were hisses and cries from behind. The cats! The sound of a water bomb hitting the fence, a child's voice called, Yee-haw! James thought it might have been Wilf. Laurie, James said, take another bag of water bombs down to the fence and come back and tell me how they're doing. Laurie heaved a heavy bag and set off to check on his brother. The black blur was closer now. It was still a blur, but that was because of the movement. The starlings had flocked together so tightly they looked almost like a solid moving wall. 
They had formed into a funnel like a twister around the front of the boat. It was incredible to see. James guessed that the pigeon hijackers were inside the twister. It was bigger than a twister, a tornado, dragging the boat closer and closer to the shore. Laurie came back. They're okay, he said. The cats are close, so they're just throwing the water bombs. They've hit a few cats and the others are being more careful. Whoa, look at that! He'd seen the massive murmuration pulling the boat. The front starlings were level with them now and they changed the shape of the funnel to fit between the groin and the pier. The air around the children rushed across their faces and then, altogether, without warning or sound, the starlings broke free of the shape and dissolved up into the sky. Come on, James shouted, catapult ready! The boat was in the sea, right below the children. There were no humans on it, just boxes and boxes packed with fireworks ready to fire. A flock of pigeons was revealed, hundreds of them pulling a rope attached to the front of the boat. When they realised where they were, they swung the rope around to get back under the pier. James, Spencer and Ella fired a water bomb using their catapult right into the middle of the birds. It burst on the outer layer and sent pigeons flying, but they soon regrouped and filled the gap. They fired again and again, but the birds managed to stay together. The boat started drifting away from the children. Ah! Zen ran past the catapult, shouting a battle cry. He had a rope tied around his waist. He hopped onto the wall and leapt off it, over the sea, landing on the box of fireworks and rolling on impact. The roll turned into a forward flip, and he swung his pike around his head, and with another, ah! sliced through the pigeon's rope in one swoosh. Yes! Laurie shouted, pumping his fist. The bird surged forward, suddenly free of the burden of the rope, but only for a couple of wing beats at most. They broke formation and flew straight back towards the boat, and towards Zen. No, James called. Look out, Zen! He started to throw water bombs at the diving pigeons. All the other children joined in, hurling them again and again at the pigeons. Zen's pike was a blur. It never stopped moving as the birds dived and swooped at him. He managed to tie his rope to a cleat on the side of the boat with one hand whilst fending off the birds with the other. Wilf, Aby, Queenie and Fred came running back to help. The cat stopped attacking, Wilf said. Grab that rope, James called. Pull the boat closer. Wilf and Aby took the rope and stepped back with it in their hands. It went taut and then they were pulling at the firework boat, keeping it next to the groin. Everyone else was throwing the water balloons at the pigeons, and it was working. The birds had stopped diving at Zen. The rat sensed the opening and scrambled up the rope and away from the boat. Oh no you don't, came a voice from the sky. James recognised it at once. The voice from the abandoned ice rink, King Pigeon. The monstrous bird appeared in front of them, flapping wings so large they looked like they were in slow motion. Its wingspan was easily six feet across and its body was bloated and puffy and covered in gleaming golden armour. It dipped low in front of James, grabbed Zen's rope with one foot and yanked. Everyone was frozen, watching as the massive wings beat hard and carried the rope away from them. Wilf and Aby found themselves being pulled across the groin. Help! Aby cried. Queenie caught hold of her cousin's waist as he was dragged past her and Spencer grabbed the rope. Then Laurie and Romy and Saskia joined in, holding the rope as best they could. It was a crazy game of tug-of-war, children against pigeon, but the pigeon was winning. He was pulling the children and the boat back to the pier. Ella hurled a water balloon at the bird and it exploded on its feathered back, but King Pigeon didn't even notice. Trap the seagulls, King Pigeon roared. I've got the boat. Come on, you lazy birds. Rain of fire.
At the king's command, a stream of pigeons flew along either side of the pier. Some of them had lights in their beaks. They were carrying sparklers. The birds with the sparklers hovered near the railings on the edges of the boardwalk. Then, big drops of fire started falling from the sparklers into the sea. Where were the drops of fire coming from? It dawned on James. There were birds above the sparklers, pooing, and the poo was catching a light as it dropped through the sparkler. The effect was fantastic. It produced a curtain of fire around the pier. The seagulls were trapped. If King Pigeon could pull the firework boat under the pier, then his plan would work. Everyone hold the rope, he called, and he clamped his hands onto it near the edge of the groin. He braced his feet against the low wall. Now all ten children were holding on as tightly as they could, and still the bird was winning, edging the boat toward the pier. James looked at the people watching from the shore and from the promenade. They were transfixed with the pigeon's rain of fire as if it were part of the light show. At the front of the rope, James was being pulled over the edge of the groin. He had to let go or he'd be in the sea and the bird would win. Just five more seconds then. Don't let go yet, Zen called. That bird's mine. The rat was still on the rope, climbing up it. Then Zen was on King Pigeon's foot and then on the bird's back. He swung his pike but King Pigeon twisted and took the pike in his giant beak and snapped it in two. Zen roared and leapt at the bird's neck and sunk his ratty teeth into its soft feathers. King Pigeon screamed and let go of the rope and kicked higher into the air. Ten children flew backwards as the rope went slack and ended up on the floor on the groin. James quickly threaded the rope through a drainage hole and tied it securely. They'd done it. The boat was safe. But the pigeons weren't done yet.